we're back at the ranch. Welcome to the podcast. Are we on? Are we going? Are we live? <laughs> I feel like we need to be more professional. I was walking out of the community center, the Rough Rider Center, on the way home today, and they have a new like SRO officer there, like a officer standing out by the door, I think to monitor kids or whatever. And he was like, and he's probably going to listen to this because <laughs> he said, how you doing tonight? Really sweet. And then I was like, good, good. And he's like, well, I'll see you on the podcast. <laughs> So people do listen to this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so okay, now I try to bring my A game. Yeah. I took a shower today, so you smell good. So I got that going for me. So do we want to start with a segment of what dumb shit did you do this week? This is a recurring thing. I think so because guess what? I keep doing dumb shit. Oh hi, by the way, haven't seen you for a week. The only time we saw each other is when is today. This whole week, it's Thursday. Last night you came in at 10:30 and then wanted to talk. And it was not talking time. I didn't. <laughs> well, you were up. You were eating cereal. I was only half awake. <laughs> you were eating cereal in the supper. light. I turned the light on. You were so offended. And, and well, you know, you don't want to fully wake. It's like when so you go to the what? bathroom in the middle of the night, you don't want to full wake up. No, that's not the same as pouring yourself a whole bowl of cereal and eating a meal. Like you're awake. I didn't cook anything. <laughs> Excuse me. Because <laughs> you were like. I asked you a question and you were in bed and you're like, I'm trying, what did you say? I'm trying to keep calm. No, I said I was sleeping 20 minutes ago and I'm trying to do that again. Well, I was driving. I've been driving and oh, driving. I, I know what that's like. So today God decided to slow me down by giving me a flat tire on the way to school. And that was a real bummer. And then that's the only time we've spent together is you coming to help me <laughs> and bring me home. And it's my car is going to be in the shop until Tuesday. It was bad. It was like look down at those tire sensors on the fancy car. In hindsight. It could have been so much well, worse. Well, when the tire was leaking and we had to put air in it in Canada. Yeah. Probably Should have got new tires. Should have looked at the tire. But I put air in it. And then you never see anything about it leaking again. So well, it I hadn't. Think of it. The air pressure, it had but been I okay. But I should have looked at it. I thought it was because it was so cold. You know how that happens sometimes? That's what I thought too. But Boy, I I really narrowly metal. escaped like a tire blowout like a situation. Massive blowout. There was someone looking out for me because I drove all the way to Fargo and back on whatever day Tuesday had to be there. And then that's like a six hour, five and a half hour drive from here. And then came home, reset, took a shower, and then went another hour backwards to Kildeer to do a couple performances. Well, I did a women's night, which was really nice. It was really fun. Um, but I'm hurting from that drive, and so is my car. So you had to do... Did you exhaust all, all your podcasts? Yeah. I started and did I start and I started new ones. I found some new ones, and then I was listening to music. I was listening to my myself which is torture um my rough cuts of music tracks so i can kind of learn my songs which because contrary to popular belief just because you write them doesn't mean you can like remember them you still have to like rehearse and think them through and think how they're gonna go so i was listening to that and yeah, i don't know is your dad going to nashville with you i don't know he might i don't know what the schedule's gonna look like because I'm going to be there for a full week, but I'm not sure if we're going to, how far we're going to get. 
So we might have to go again, but I'm not sure. We'll play it by ear. For now, I'm just going by myself. Do you have it in your head, like what you want for musicians and what their parts should sound like? Or are you Me? kind of just like... No, I am relying... Defer to Bill. Bill is the producer. He produced Northern Lights. He has the musicians lined up. Of course, we talked about it. Um, some of the, like the same um, dobro player, banjo player, uh, so, uh, Wanda is her name. She's going to do, she's going to be on it. She was on Northern Lights. And then he has a different drummer and um, he has guys figured out. And we're, I don't know if I said this last time, but we're recording an Omnisound on Music Row. Oh, sorry. And then after, like we're going to be one of the last sessions in that place and that's kind of an iconic studio on music row and they're they're ter they're ter they're termiting it turn it down <laughs> they're turning it down they're terminate what am i trying to say bulldozing it for con to make condos so yeah there's there so, so many new studios or what well it's just a different world now people are doing things I know, in I feel like nashville got nashville yeah, or something. It like, kind of got Vegas. I've, I've never been there, so yeah, it's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Nashville got Vegas, but in my mind, in it's way, one thing, and then kind of what it is now is not that. Well, thing. it's it's grown. It's one of the faster growing and, and I don't communities. Think that's a bad no, thing, but it's I just think not the same. These country music, these country artists have bought up some of that Broadway or whatever it's called. The, I mean, you, it is kind of like the strip on Vegas, like a mini strip, and have um turn them into their own bars and restaurants. Miranda Lambert has one, Dirk Bentley. I mean, ever, anyone who's been to Nashville, well, you go up and down. Instead of just being the music town that it historically has been. It's a little like more commercialized. More, it's much more of a destination yeah, town. Yeah, well, it's like, like the number one place bachelorette that bachelorette party capital. It is really, really fun. Um, but it's so interesting how fast it changed because I was there seven years ago. It was, well, maybe now more like eight. Um, and my dad and I could just walk into the Bluebird and get a seat and listen. And that that you cannot do now. You have to make yourself a reservation on their app. Like, um, whatever, they open it up, they have a whole system. But you sh used to be able to just walk into these places and just sit down and listen. And there's still some of that um, for singer-songwriter vibe where you want to just listen to these singer-songwriters. So what's the new Bluebird then? Well, What's the new place that you can just go to? I don't know. I'm, but there's all these like backstage kind of places that you know. I'm not like a guru about Nashville. I don't. Uh, but you find you. No, find it's just a food for thought thing because like they had this kind of the, that was always think. like a hidden gem kind of a thing. But everyone knew about it. But it was well, it's so historic. It. Yeah, I got you get shushed in the Bluebird, and when I was there with Dad. We had, we actually, I shouldn't say we had got to walk right in, but we were like, because it's small. Like people who watch, watch that Nashville show, it looks so much bigger on that show, but it is a really tiny restaurant. And so you're sitting like right next to the artists. And when we were there, they were doing a round in the middle of the restaurant. But there is a little staged area. But anyway, we were like the waiting outside the door because it was full, waiting for two people to leave. So we were the next ones in, and we got in. And then there was like a Mary Kay convention <laughs> in Nashville when we were there. And so then all of these Mary Kay ladies came in too, and they were like chatty. 
<laughs> and they got shushed because you can get kicked out of there if you don't if you're not a good listener, which I think is amazing. <laughs> I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> well, if when you you're come, there well, to listen, if you, you come know? to listen to music and the talent that they have in that place. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Like, and these I don't, I don't you don't even to know what you're bunch there. Of ladies talking either. <laughs> well, cuz it could easily get out of hand where you're maybe just there cuz it's an iconic place but maybe don't respect the experience the way that they want you to respect it. But I think for the most part, I mean they weren't obnoxious or anything. It was just funny. Um so, I mean, I'm someone who's been shushed before, so no judgment, Mary Kay ladies. I've been shushed too. <laughs> so yeah, I won't, I would like someone uh, to go with me. I don't know if I've been shushed. Surprisingly, I <laughs> you. I probably have been shushed, like that. And as a kid, I saved up all my words, and I was gonna use them. Only got halfway through, and then I got shushed. And then you just stopped and never talked again. Saving them up again. <laughs> I think you probably got shushed in church. Oh. That's yeah. That was your shushing. That was adolescence. Oh, that doesn't count. Well, I don't know. I got shushed a lot. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, anyway, so I don't know. It will be. I'm just gonna hunker down when I go there and do the work. And I don't know. I was trying to convince Alex to come with me, but she just got back from Mexico vacation, so I don't know if she'll be able to come. But I'll just keep you all posted. It'll be fun. It'll be really fun if she could go with you. Just for a couple days. I mean, here's the thing, and someone said this to me when I was in Fargo. I'm my own. I'm a one-woman show plus my family. I don't have an agent. I don't have a booking agent. I don't have a manager. I don't have. I'm all of the things. I don't have a photographer. I don't have a media person. This is it. This is all I've done for myself forever. Yeah, I've had it, a booking agent show once. Like you're not falling apart or anything. <laughs> Shut up. Well, I hold it together loosely. <laughs> I'm speaking more specifically medically. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, driving is really, really hard on my neck and my head. And I even was trying to stretch and it just isn't good after my surgery. So I'm suffering for it today. I really, really am. Um, but I, yeah, if I could have a driver. <laughs> well, if we get to the point. Where the hired man can hire a hired man. Uh, you? <laughs> then I will happily drive your bus. Oh, my God. I don't even need a bus. I just want someone to drive. So oh, I I'd don't like have a bus. <laughs> well, then I have, to, I have to make way more money to afford a bus. I have to make way Gas more money prices. to afford the hired man to hire a hired man <laughs> also. So this ain't, this, none of this is happening. <laughs> hey, don't be a dream crusher. If the girls form a band, I feel like they're our ticket to fame. They can... I'll be like yeah, Mama Judd. They could be, a, they could be our <laughs> ticket to fame or poverty. <laughs> yeah, I could go both because ways. Because I am incapable of saying no. Oh, I know, I know. Be like, oh, you want a tour bus? Sure. <laughs> you play one gig a year, you can have a we'll tour We'll drive it to bus. Watford. <laughs> well, I've always mic. been so conscious of the how much it does cost to do the work that I do. I mean, we were talking about it. I was talking about it. This week when I was working, another woman had, travels a lot. She said she's gotten picky about her hotels. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, when I get a night, when someone puts me up in a nice hotel, like I stayed at the Delta in Fargo, that's where the event was. And I was like, this is wasted on me <laughs> because, like, I'm fine. I just need a bed. Like, I can't get out of my head. Yeah, like I think that was you in your 20s. 
Right. I think it's totally acceptable well, that's what, to be like, no, you can put me up in this place. <laughs> well, that's what she said. But I'm like, oh, man, that would because be really nice. A, it's not a big ask. We're talking about $100. <laughs> I think it was a $180 hotel room. No, but I would have like a $100 <laughs> difference between the cheapest place oh, that there is yeah. and the most expensive well, place. And so, yeah, right now that like lodging is included in the ask to get me there right but i can't get out of my head like i should just be staying at a super eight to save money and i should be driving the chevy lumina to save gas money you're talking to a carpenter who works for free pretty much (laughs) so i don't really have a leg to stand because i used to have to get well remember i apologize for charging people no it's really rough it's it is it's a hard thing and i but i used to have to get from north dakota to texas on like four hundred dollar gig and try to figure out what I was, if I could get jobs between those places. And that, of course, was like 15 years ago. was well, different. Yeah, I, I mean, at that time, you were driving a $3,000 car yeah. and gas was a dollar right. and a half. Like, but still, when I would get home, you, you know, you put the put it in the spreadsheet and try to figure out if it was even worth it. But at that time, I was also trying to make some, get some miles under my belt and put some, you know, shows under my sure, belt yeah, and yeah. Tra- you know get to different states and things but it's a different world now because that was even before like facebook and youtube and all of that that was just you're out there on the road trying to sell yourself in person can you imagine it's such a in weird peak concept of mp3 life like yeah everyone was i, I remember i was plugged there. into your crazy. their ipads or they didn't have ipads ipods you know, the big yeah, old iPod. iPad was the thing that came out that I just will never of. forget when someone, and I'm sure I was like in Wisconsin or some school, and a girl was like, Are you on MySpace? And I was like, No, what's MySpace? She's like, Oh, you're a musician and you need to be on MySpace. And then I went home and logged on to MySpace. Do you still have a MySpace? I like, don't. Does it still exist? I or don't does that thing that goes away? Um, so I think MySpace is, I'm going to look it up. I think MySpace is still a thing, but. Because I, I never got on that. I don't train. know. Like I've never deactivated MySpace. Oh my gosh. It would be so embarrassing to see if my, like That's if really your funny. profile like if you is had, still up. If you had a media person, they would know this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I am my media person, but I don't know. <laughs> so MySpace is still a thing. However. I don't get it. I don't know. Is anyone on it? It looks like I've it. I have not heard of anybody, but I am not the one who's like up to snuff. Yeah, you're not my media person. We'll have to look at that. No. MySpace was, yeah. Well, that's how Taylor Swift got famous. MySpace. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why we're a little bit late with this podcast, but let's just be real. We're on no sort of schedule. We tried for one minute to do this on Sundays, and our Sundays get away from us so fast. So we just start doing well, this. Sunday fun day. Whenever we sort of <laughs> get a chance. Kind of. Well, I'm working on this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I probably am too. Oh, I'm so tired. But um, I wanted to at least sit down and catch up on the week we had um, this week's column is just about spring things and um, mostly I think about getting the girls on the back of a horse for the first time this spring and I thought it would be fun to talk about that a little bit. Trying to convince them that it is actually spring. Oh, it's so cold out. They are upset with the conditions. It's been not nice. It's not been nice. So typically in the spring is when you get the kinks out of your 
horses because ours have been passed in the past year and loose all winter because we're not really riding in the winter, especially when there's so much snow. And so there's some epic failures when it comes to getting the kinks out of horses. <laughs> yeah, so I'm worried about this because this is always your dad's job, mm-hmm. and he loves it. Getting and the kinks out? Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's phenomenal at it. Mm-hmm. I am not. No. But I sort of feel like this might have to be one of those things that gets hand down. Like at some point in time, Well, we have a lot of horses. I'm going to have to be the one that does that. Not my well, favorite. Well, you get the kinks out of your own horses. Yeah, yeah, mine. The ones that you ride. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm gonna have to transition to the, do it for you everybody. Know, well, we didn't have a to. dozen of them. <laughs> so the girls because we also them. just got a new one. Yes. Yesterday. A two-year-old. Yep. That's he's what dad. He's almost three. Oh, that's what dad's riding. Yep. Yeah. Well, dad will never not ride young horses. I know. Once they're finished, once they're bored, once they are like good. Excuse me. He's bored with them, and he moves on to a young horse. Once this is, I because he's always said that, mm-hmm. but I finally found out what his definition of that is, and it makes so much finished? sense for my whole life. Not bucking you off. <laughs> no, it's not finishing. He never really calls them finished, yeah. but it's when other people can ride them. Oh, yeah. He's done with them. He hands them off. He wants to be the one who's like the well, yeah. only one. Yeah, he's, yeah. And he can do it. And then he makes these horses look phenomenal. They do all the stuff mm-hmm. and they're perfect. And then you're the second person. It's not the same. Not no. like not like they're you're wild or you get bucked off or anything like that. Like that doesn't happen. My but. childhood was this. I was the second person. Yeah. Always. Do you know how frustrating that was? Because he is a legit horse whisperer. I should just have him on and talk about it. Should, but he's very like he, humble about it. But he it's his greatest love in his life is hor- as a horse. Like Besides his dearly beloved wife. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but he has been doing it since he was a kid. There's uh, If you go to my um, video, uh, Are There Any More Real Cowboys on YouTube, there is footage of him, and he wouldn't have been any much older than Rosie, riding bareback, chasing their Hereford cattle up a big hill. And that's how he started, riding little, riding a pony bareback. And because his dad probably didn't have a saddle for him, and B didn't want him to have a saddle wouldn't because he didn't want to Which, okay, this is a thing that maybe up. some of the, like, other generations elder mm-hmm. generations <laughs> i don't know if elder <laughs> older okay what older than me generations okay <laughs> like because i your dad has always said that his dad would never let him ride with the saddle yeah. because he was always afraid of him getting hung up but i've since heard from like five ish different cowboys mm-hmm. whose dad's or parents said the same thing. Did not let. Mm-hmm. They didn't specify why, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't let them ride in the saddle mm-hmm. either until they got to be like ten or twelve or like older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might just be that they didn't have kids' saddles. Well, and they didn't have the money to buy, to buy kids the saddles. saddles. Well, I think that and they was didn't want to modify saddles. So that could that could be what it was. I think it's probably a little bit of both. But I know, like your dad has specifically said, because his dad was afraid of them getting hung mm-hmm. up. So. Well, they they rode so much. You know, I mean, that uh, they're they. I don't can't speak for every ranch and farm around here, but there's not there's not as many 
ranchers that still ride horses as uh, there used no. to be. It It's just not, you have to, before you didn't really have a choice if you, if you wanted to be a horse person or not a horse person, your horse was your tool, right? And so there's a little bit of that narrative in there too. Now you can ranch and never have a horse because there's so many other ways to do it. Some places... It's just not an option. Like, you have to ride a horse. Right. Like, you can't, even not even a motorcycle or, mm -hmm. like, none of that stuff. You can't go the places you need to go mm -hmm. unless you have a horse. Some places are iffy whether you could or not, but people then lean more towards the wanting to ride a right. horse. And then there's some places where it's absolutely faster and better, like, economically speaking to not ride a horse yeah not everyone that is a rancher is a horse person and those people have definitely unless they really want to stick to the horse mm -hmm. tradition yeah just don't. don't they go out honk the horn on the pickup or whatever like yeah with side by sides or four wheelers right. or whatever because you can go wherever you need to go and do whatever you need to do but like you know even out here we recently like it's not the first time but in our history recently started cake feeding cows mm -hmm. well i we used to do that a lot when i was a kid right yeah but since i've been around we didn't Just and then now we started blocks. doing it yeah. again and it's a game changer like well they, they come running that, they yeah. hear that pickup yeah the difference is like right now they're in the winter pasture or around home calving mm -hmm. so they're kind of easier to find by design mm -hmm. When it gets later into the summer, that's not an option. They can't hear the pickup where they go. Like, you can't. No, and you can't even really get a pickup out there. No, you can't get a pickup there, and they can't hear it, and maybe. I've heard I've heard of people um, who put, like, train horns or, like, the big, loud <laughs> horns on their vehicles that, like, guys do for douchebaggery. <laughs> but. <laughs> what? You know, it's like a thing. Like, they put the big, loud horns yeah to call their cows and then people are doing that to call cows oh, oh, oh well so they've trained them they've cake yeah. trained them to the horn so they sure. just go up to the highest hill that they can but find you still blast can't off the horn you can't sort cattle like that you can't no. get them doctored you can get them in but that's about it well that's a big part well of right i guess but anyway i'm just saying there's lots of different ways and there's necessity for those ways. And some of the ways, like some of the things that we do, it's partially because raised in a horse people culture. Well, and dad and was partially always. partially because we have to. Like, yeah. We have to. Right. We have too many trees. Yeah. It's and not because it's so rough and, and rugged well, and much... badlandsy, which there are places that are that. But we have so many trees that it's impossible. It's much more scary for me to drive a four-wheeler or side-by-side -side out here where it's off the beaten trail than it is for me to ride a horse. And it's partly because, mostly probably because I wasn't raised on them, so I'm not as comfortable in them, like, doing the work besides just getting from point A to point B. If I have to, like, chase something or get but, around fast, I don't like it at all. I hate it. But even, you know, because I'm more, I'm definitely comfortable on either. Mm -hmm. But one of them, you can just go places like when i go riding and you ride like the east pasture or whatever 
you can just go from like, oh, I'm over here. I want to be over here. Yeah. You just go there. If you're in a side by side or a four wheeler, oh, or anything, right. you can't you have to go do around. That. You have to find you have to find a way to get to where yeah. you want to be. And if the cows don't go the way you want them to go. Yeah. You can't you, get there. You park it and chase them on your Use feet because you can't get there. Yeah. Well, and I think that's was to my point about the kids riding bareback and things just because you had horses didn't mean you were comfortable around them necessarily all these families and then they've seen a lot more wrecks because they just were riding a lot more yeah and but dad when i was growing up um that's what he would do he would take horses that were miss and he still does that are a little bit misfit or there was something kind of weird with them one of the horses that we have on the place right now who's edie's horse so it was my little sister's horse cuss he had a weird wild eye and maybe had a little fit with someone at one point and dad had taken him as a colt sold him the person didn't necessarily just something happened i don't know exactly what and so dad always said i'll take the horse back and that horse has been on our place for his whole life well that was cowboy before he got injured mm-hmm. he, your dad broke him as a two-year-old and, and I remember him, sold him as a three-year-old. And he was just sound as can be, just like completely. Actually sold him because he was kind of too lazy, like mm-hmm. too doggy. And then you know, there's a transition that horses go through from like three to four. Mm-hmm. They like know, grow three up to five. They they turn into what they're gonna be, kind of mm-hmm. physically. And he must have sat for too long or whatever, and then threw a fit and did. Yeah whatever well then your dad did the same thing he's like any horse that he's ever sold he's like i'll take it back mm-hmm. so Those we got that horse horses. back as a four-year-old or four and a half year old mm-hmm. and then we had it on this place for 20 years after that yeah and it was one of the best and horses he just that got we've ever had stoved up but yeah he, then he until became he got, your yeah, until he got injured or whatever your horse um, but we forget and we said this last week how old those horses become and that's such a measure of life <laughs> too and i've i've written a column about this and i think it was in reference to an old dog you know you're or a dog that grows up with you you know like we had hondo and a horse too where you suddenly and i think alex is at that phase it's like well i've had this horse this horse has been by my side my whole life and we brought brought him in from the pasture this spring and he's got gray around his muzzle and his eyes and his and he's and like the, almost the 30 are, years he, old. The, the girls are riding him. And, yeah, and he's the old and horse. And she's kind of like, oh, I guess I can <laughs> let the well, kids have yeah, the horse. But you like grew up with him. And then I was like, God, it just realized like how old Cuss is. He's like 26, 27 years old. And horses, that's old. And he's doing great. He's as long as we can keep him he- healthy, he'll be fine for a couple, for several more years. But she's like, yeah, not just kind of makes me realize how old I am and then and this goes back to the column and what I was thinking watching those girl our girls who started on these tiny little ponies while we're leading them around and they can barely walk and they're sitting on these horses backs and every spring we have the ritual of getting them out there and we go and it's a whole thing and we're holding them and it's like it's like a parade right but we've shifted from a pony ride to these girls being big enough to be capable enough to handle their own horse. And this whole shift in parenthood is happening to us right now where they're not little, little baby kids anymore. They're like kids. They're capable. Well, like Edie rode Cuss, Alex's horse. 
And yeah. she she was the first person to sit on him since the whole since November. Right. And and we are trusting both of them to do that. It's kind of like when I wake up and you've done, you've caught me on this and it's like, "Hey mom, can you get me a glass of water? Hey mom, can you make me a sandwich? Hey mom, can you help me get dressed and then you're like you don't have to do that for them anymore they can do it for themselves but you sort of need like something to like remind you well, you just do it and do it and do it and, and then they're seven and you have to think about it like i lifted edie out of bed this morning because that's what i do i like to just grab like carry her to the living room that's what we do she's damn near as tall as me her legs yeah. are long i mean you guys are going to be sharing shoes in it's a like year. i can't i can't carry you very much longer that's crazy that happened overnight and there she's sitting up on that horse. So I guess the point being with the animals and the things that you're taking care of, they grow with you. They measure your life span as well. And when you, and that happened to me with my horse, Annie, who was an old horse that came to me after my trusty old mare that I learned to ride on, couldn't do it anymore and, and wasn't, was gone. And then I tried a couple of different rodeo horses and I got this old Annie who was just like fine at barrels, fine at poles, has done everything, has seen everything, wasn't going to win me anything, but was going to make it so that rodeo was fun and being on a horse was fun. And then, so you just, you're with that, you're, you and that horse are like a team. And then I went off to college and she got old and I don't know, it's just, they grow out here. If you have good horses, they grow up alongside of yeah, you. Yeah, well, when you know when you start and the horse is old and you were ten. Yeah. When you're twenty. Yeah. The horse is well, and super dad's, old. That's what he's thinking about now, and it's interesting from the perspective of someone his age too. And I just heard this on a podcast I was listening to. Someone said, "I'm." Oh, it's a really good podcast. It's called "Wiser Than Me" with Julie Lu- Julie Julia Louis Dreyfus. She interviews women older than her she was um, oh, really? Elaine on you know who that is Seinfeld yeah. on Seinfeld so she'll interview women who are 10 or more years older than her and just get wisdom from them so, so one that of means they're like 70 well she's 62 66 she's, she's like my parents, like our, age. Our parents age yeah then she'll interview women in their 70s and 80s and she interviewed Jane Fonda who's damn near 90 and one of the women said about animals specifically. Like I'm at the age thinking when this dog or cat dies, should I get another one? (laughs) It's kind of morbid, (laughs) but like, am I gonna outlive, is this animal gonna outlive me? Which I think that's an interesting perspective of why I brought it up is because dad's thinking about horses for his grandkids. So he wants to start these so that you know, five years down the line, this could be Edie's horse, this could be Ada's horse, this could be the grandkids' horse. I got to get these horses' legs under them and get them their temperaments figured out. And we're not a ranch that is buying $30,000 horses. And that's kind of been the bottom line of my whole childhood around horses, is that, yeah, we would get the misfits. <laughs> and the older ones are the ones lost in a divorce or a death like just he's out there finding these little stories and these horses and they come to us rocky's one of those um that rosie rides and then he would in my childhood he would start these young horses that some wherever he would get them for cheap and they would always have a little quirk but every horse does no horse is perfect they all have a quirk he'd get them started and doing good and then i would get on them 
And I had to learn how to communicate with the horses that way. I never got, I did not learn to ride in my later years. And by later, I mean 10, my 4-H years on a horse that was fully finished. I always was on a horse that was learning something as I was learning to teach it something. And which, so, which made you a really great rider and like, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that, which is what I was kind of brings me back to the fear I said I had. Oh, yeah. Because I've always been the next person. So since I was 15 years old, that was I, like I was the next person. I was the next person. Never. Out here, the next person to ride the horse. Right. Well, the like me. Like the second yeah. person to the third person or, yeah. what, you know, like whatever. Like, oh, this one's good enough to now it just needs miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all needed miles. So things would happen to me like we had a horse named Dooley and oh, he was like the bane of my little sisters and I, our existence. You hated that horse until you loved him. Yeah. And then, then he got hurt, which is such a, so we still talk about that. And dad always reminds us like, you hated him, but I remember. Oh, I used to talk to you on the phone and you would. It was in high school. You invented words about Dooley. (laughs) Well, Until you didn't until well, he because became like then he became like the best horse it's like on the having place. A, you know horses are like any animal like puppies and they're young like they're learning they're teaching they're trying you out right he knew what he could get away with with me and i wasn't i wasn't experienced enough in i of course just learning as i go and dad would put me on him to put miles on him and i'll never forget i was feeling like really confident i had to been like 15 maybe younger and duly, we got as far away from the barnyard as I could have, as I was going to go in that pasture because I wasn't opening gates and stuff. That was like, whatever. I wasn't going to do that that day. And I don't know. He started doing the thing that horses do where they kind of tilt their head and they try to go towards home. And it just was fighting me, fighting me. And finally he won and he just busted out full blast, ran all the way home to the barn with me. I could not stop him. And it was like, the it's scary, number one. And it's so frustrating. And then he would have never done that with my dad. No. And I, never. And I was like pissed because I wanted to be that good. I wanted to be like, dad, I don't have that. I don't have that genetic. Like, I love horses, but I'm not. I, no, I don't know anyone like him personally that is that committed to the process and is that that's There's in love with the people process that I know I mean there are and I haven't watched them but in general I, but I don't them. know personally I think Ryan Hannah like, is probably one say. but I don't see him on a day-to-day basis right. I don't know what that relationship is I just is. know the horses he's taken and right. the horses he's So there made. are people in my life that I know that are good but watching this man and the way he just it's his obsession right So I have stories like that or that I had this mare <laughs> which you remember Fanny and she was beautiful. She was well-bred, uh, gray and would do anything for me in 4-H. And I won a trophy on her, but every once in a while she'd get, I don't know, was it PMS? (laughs) I'm not sure. She would buck the hardest a horse on this place has ever. She canned me at least three times just after a long ride. Like, she would and just legit, get mad. Like head down, mm-hmm. grunting, like, buck, like <laughs> not just a little crow hopping. Or no, she would buck, bucked me off, and she's one of the only horses that I've seen buck my dad off. And one, and it was in front of my mom's sister, who's Minneapolis, Phoenix, like city chick. She was riding with us, <laughs> and 
she was riding Fanny for some, I think we switched cause she was starting to act up on me. And so dad and I switched horses and she canned his ass so hard after dad was like probably talking to Barb, like this is how, you know, whatever, whatever, giving her instruction. <laughs> and she, he got bucked off so hard. And Barb was like horrified thinking we're going to go back to the barn. And he's like, gets back on. <laughs> She's like, she's like, now what do you do? And he's like, well, let's get, get back on. What? I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, like, <laughs> it's a thing. But it's, it's a thing that happens, though. Like, I, I was thinking about this mare that we had recently, and I don't even remember what he called her. She was gray. And occasionally, she would buck Wade off. Oh, I remember. Which that. is no easy feat. Like, she mm-hmm. just... But most of the time... Like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, she was this perfectly fine. fine. Mm-hmm. And then I was riding her one day, and went through like the plum bushes and the mm. bullberry. It was like the bullberries yeah. and the plums, so it's just inch and a half long thistles. And mm. my saddle shifted, and she blew up and in I, the bushes. In the bushes, <laughs> and you go like ejector seat oh what stuck in your body uh, everything everything <laughs> stuck in everywhere i didn't know this so did you you got launched yeah Ooh, in the bullberry bushes and then i had her reins oh dear and she just took like we were going down a hill of course uh-huh. because that's when I, it all goes wrong like real cowboys i think <laughs> can ride a bucking horse down a hill i cannot <laughs> It's an immediate ejector seat. Well, it's so awkward. So then I whacked my knee on something. I don't even know what I did, but you come back and you're kind of like, you know, got your bell rung, but it wasn't my head, but it was like, yeah. And then your dad's like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, nothing. Why are you walking? I'm like, I'm nothing. He's like, what happened? I'm like, oh, she canned me in the bushes. (laughs) Did he ask you what's wrong when you were just walking without a horse? No, I held on to the reins. So you were. So I just rode back. Like, I got dumped in the bushes. I'm in the bushes. I have (laughs) a horse. We're chasing cows. Like, (laughs) it's not an option to just quit. So I got back on and I rode over and she was fine and I was fine and everything was. She was just. Well, I saw. Like, the only thing I can remember is this saddle shifted and she. Mm -hmm. But he never. She never tried it with dad. No. Ever. Uh-uh. That's it's magic. But I saw that happen with Wade and we were in the like the Alton pasture and it's kind of has like it's like a cliff. There's a lot of just drop off. So I was above on this hill and all I saw I looked below we were moving cows and all I saw was Wade picking up his hat and walk. He was on the horse when I looked previously. He was walking and putting his hat back on like one second later. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because anytime someone hits the ground like that, it's, ugh. You just don't want yeah. people to get hurt. It happens. Yeah. And he's such a great, I mean, he's a great, he's a, he's a, like dad. To buck Wade off would be like bucking dad off. You just don't. Right. But something weird happened. Anyway, I have lots of stories like that. My 4-H horse just canning me. Like I had nerve, maybe that's why I have a neck problem. <laughs> I remember laying on and, uh, on the west pasture and she bucked me off so hard I couldn't feel my right side for like 45 minutes. 
Yeah. Oh man. But I had a lot of horse wrecks because that's what I was doing, you know, and I'm just accident prone in general. But Edie was asking me if I ever broke a bone and I'm like, oh, girlfriend, I broke my foot and I broke my wrist. She's like, how? Well, once I jumped off a horse and without a boot on at my little showdio rodeo and broke my foot. And then the other time was like, here, here's an idea where get the horses in your mares out there. Dad and me and Alex and I would have been, how old was I when I broke my arm? I was mm. like 14. But I knew you and I broke my arm. Because I rode, I rode in the 4-H parade or the f- whatever parade with Annie. And I had a cast. I think it was my seventh grade summer. But dad brought me up to the fields and we we're gonna get the horses in and he we didn't have anything and they, he thought they would just follow us and they wouldn't and so he did a makeshift have I told this story on here before probably when we're talking about broken bones but he's I don't know, maybe. done a ma- did a makeshift like halter out of twine <laughs> you could see how this could go wrong <laughs> and there was I can't imagine how this could possibly <laughs> go wrong <laughs> and he said okay, we'll just ride her in. And we put the twine over her nose as if that's going to do anything. And I got on her bareback and I was just going to walk the horses in. It was probably like half a mile from the fields down to the barn. And he was in the pickup. We didn't have a side-by-side or anything at that time with Alex. And the horses started kind of running. You know, they get wild. They do. And they get running and run. I had absolutely no control over my old mare she was I was on the old mare and they just kept going running running faster speaking of running down a hill so then they were running down the like the trail up to the um hay yard and it was hard crusty dirt in the summer and dad hollers out the window I think you should bail off (laughs) and so I did but you know I'm not graceful so I bailed off and I hit my head got a concussion and broke my arm right. My wrist like was a U shape. Like you snapped it. Uh huh. It was bad. I know because they like the kids are always asking about broken bones, and I'm like broken all of my fingers, toes, like all the little bones. Yeah, but no big m- one. Multiple times, but yeah. I've never broke a big one. I cracked my scapula once. Yeah, that's kind of a which rough is shoulder one. blade. Yeah, that's a rough one. But that was like. I don't count it as a break. It was like I cracked it. Yeah. Well, ouch. Well, you've yeah, had well some rough, hurt, like as you broke your ribs. Those really hurt. That stuff oh my God, really ribs. hurts. When yeah. I watch movies and people are like, oh, yeah, I broke a rib. I'm like, and then you no, see no, them you walking. Didn't. I remember when you broke was like, your I ribs. I know what that, yeah. you did not. But and here's the other thing, okay, to pull it back into watching the girls get on the horses for the first time. Having all of those experiences under your belt I'm thinking, like, how did my dad let me do do this? this Because I just, they're so little. I mean, they're big girls, bigger girls now, but they look so little. This is the funny thing when you're talking about animals getting older and people getting older and everything. Yeah. How how your dad is with the girls, with our girls. It's an opposite day. That would never. He basically just put us on a horse and said, follow me. He will only put them on a horse that basically doesn't walk. 
But then it's then and we're then he'll walk beside yeah, him. I know. with the arm around him. I know that is not how we learn to ride horses. No, no. But but how? So I'm trying but to. That's what I feel like I want to do, but I have to force like it is okay. Like okay, I can't do that because that's what you want to do. I know but you have to give them the you have to give them the space and 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 the responsibility. You have to teach them enough to know that it's dangerous, right? You have to teach them enough to know that this isn't a joke. Like if you screw around, you're going to get really hurt. So that's what we've spent their first part of their little lives. Like don't run around them. Don't go behind them. Da, 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 da. That and a little bit, you know, like because the older, older horses are. They're more tall. They don't really give a shit about anything anymore. They're, They're not neck raining like they should they're not doing oh yeah that's rocky he knows so when, yeah that is a really good lesson in control and frustration mm-hmm. like you you cannot be the frustrated one oh yeah sitting on their back like oh and they will just go opposite of like what you do it's just you mm-hmm. just can't be mm-hmm. that's how wrecks happen but like with rocky no wreck is ever going to happen other than you're going to walk back to the barn and, and he's going to stand there. Like, <laughs> and boy, was he pulling that on Rosie. <laughs> yeah. And it's super frustrating, but it's also a good lesson. Yeah. In perseverance. And like, yeah. Okay. Because if you do pull them the right way, that they do, like, they have to learn that they're in control. Right. And how, and the horse has to learn. And that. the horse yeah. has to learn that they're in control. Because there's, then they know. If they get on a more responsive horse. Mm-hmm. They can learn what control with a light touch means, you know, like all of yeah. the things. But mostly I just want them to know that they, <laughs> I want them to know they could die at any time. So they have to be well, careful. There's that, <laughs> there's that too. But at I mean, some I point, know what hitting the ground feels hard, like. Like I look at some of our friends or my nieces and right now they're getting their driver's license. I hate they it. They have cars Mm-mm. and you nope. want like. It's terrible. I'm on the crash and rescue. Crew. No, I don't even want to talk about this. You just want to tell. Yeah. Like from the rooftop scream, mm-hmm. like everyone driving is driving a murder machine. Mm-hmm. Like everything is trying to kill you. Yeah. A flat tire, uh, a deer, a mm-hmm. jerk in a truck or a car or what? Like everything is the the consequences <laughs> are horrific. Well, right. And when you're when you're. But you can't really teach yeah. that to a kid i mean you can scream it from the rooftops just like they did to me mm-hmm. but until you roll a couple cars like oh god it's just that part is terrifying but just yeah i mean i think that brings it back to that kind of realization and we stood next to each other both equally excited about this summer having them on their horses and being able to come along and do some work and also probably i think i was just nervous about it and then also, like, weren't they just tiny little babies? What happened? What happened here? We blinked, and then this is where we're at. And then there's just another level of parenthood that goes along with, okay, if we're going to be on horses, then this is work for us as a parent, too. It's like we have to put the work in with the kids. It's not like you just, well, and maybe maybe it is, and maybe it is what dad did for us. You just put them on and have them figure it out. But there's a responsibility there to get them enough experience so that they feel confident and comfortable and safe and all of the well, things. Well, they, they have to have that foundation mm-hmm. to know that when it goes. What to do. When it goes, it goes. Yeah. You know, like I learned in high school, I don't know, 15 or 16 or something like that. And I was riding a horse for your dad that was 
I don't remember what that horse's name was, but it was Scared of Cows. No, I remember that one. Do you remember that horse? No, I your, do. Your dad would know in a second what his name He knows every horse's yeah, name and every I don't really remember where he other got them all. Yeah. Like the horse was really good, but if a cow I do turned around and looked at it, it freaked out. and didn't buck. It would never buck. But that's when I learned out how fast a uh-huh. horse can move sideways. Oh yeah. Without bucking, without doing anything. He's mm-hmm. not trying to throw you. It just needs to get out of the scared way. Scared the living shit out of this horse. And he will go <laughs> sideways faster than any horse can go forwards. I remember that now. Oh my gosh. And then Cowboy would do the same damn yeah, thing. Yeah, he would get spooked a little but bit. But you have to learn, like you can be as calm as you yeah. want to be and you can be just nonchalantly doing anything and then one little thing happens. Like a grouse and comes it's out. A thing that you or a don't deer even runs know. out. Like they're more acutely aware than the, you are of things going on. The ones that you're ready for yeah. are never the ones that to are get a thing. You. I know. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you have to teach these kids to be on alert all the time. Not to be scared, but just pay attention. Like, you know, you can't be like Edie when she was in her first rodeo. And I was pulling that little Mac, that tiny little pony. And I look back, and she's not even holding on. She's just waving at the crowd. Yeah, she's a crowd. <laughs> But like, so okay, cute. for example, of good horse things. So then we have our horses at the rodeo last summer. I don't know if I yeah. talked about that. Well, maybe. they'd never been to town. Anyway, so our horses, that they, they don't go to town. They're not rodeo horses. They've, they're just ranch horses. Oh, yeah. And we're there, and it was like 4th of July weekend. Yes. And fireworks are going yeah. on. And I'm just internally And we're on concrete like and I'm just, scoria and gravel. And we're, it's like... We don't rodeo a lot. That's not no, a thing. No, it's like a but thing like we're doing to teach them to it, so how to ride. You know, it. yeah. And I'm just internally <laughs> freaking out, but externally trying to be rodeo supportive. <laughs> and then one of the other dads comes up to me. He's like, "Yeah, these horses are kid broke, but they're not firework, firework broke." <laughs> and I was like, "Yes." Even like everyone then, was thinking. We go to the Grand March, like the, it's not the Grand March. But grand like the, entry, you mean? Yeah, the entry, and we're, we either just did it, or we just got, we're just going to do it, or we just got done doing it. I can't remember which one of the two things. A freaking bird <laughs> lands on <laughs> Edie's horse's neck <laughs> while she's so sitting on weird. it. It was like a baby robin or whatever, like kind of oh, learning no. how to fly. And it, it wasn't like it landed on the mane. It landed on the side of the horse's <laughs> neck and crawled up to the mane. And I'm like, when, when are you ever going to see this happen? <laughs> and two, like, I can't move fast to get the bird yeah, away because that's might freak. detrimental. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there going, what did Edie well, say? Nobody prepared me for this. Like, I, I was... I was not ready <laughs> to I remove think a baby. I peed a little. <laughs> End of story. Nothing, nothing happened. happened. The kid didn't care. That's the why. The horse didn't care. That's why Nobody nothing cared happened. Except for me, who was just standing there and needed but, to change your pants. But you're calm on the outside. Like no one would have known. I was not calm on the inside. <laughs> it's not, not even a little. Where was I? I was. You not were there. Not there. I was at the rodeo, but I wasn't at the bird situation. That's funny. But that's the thing. Everything is unpredictable. I think I think I'm having a moment in the season change with our girls getting a little getting older. It just feels and I said this last night at the thing I talk I talk about. I always talk about New Year is your 
new year is a new is a refresh I don't believe that in January I don't feel like I'm resetting refreshing I feel in the spring you I evaluate a lot I look ahead more I feel like that's more of a transition in my life and I think it's probably the ranch like everything's new we have new calves we're starting over and we have a new plan for the summer and we have a new goals and I'm looking at my girls and they have a new summer out ahead of them and a new phase of their little childhoods and now they're really going to remember it that, and I'm feeling yeah. a little bit of pressure but excitement about it and I have so many things I want to show them and so many things I want to do with them and I'm feeling like <laughs> that's the thing that I'm really aware of and try to be even more aware of is I know now that our girls are the age where they have forever memories. Yeah. Like when they're babies, they're babies and they're, you know, little kids and everything's fun and magical and you do this stuff, but they're not gonna, they remember feelings and stuff like that. Yeah. <coughs> but there's not really permanent memories at three. No. But at seven, seven, at five, seven is like, like prime kids. Like they're never going to My forget My best that stuff. memories are seven, eight, nine. I mean, my, you're, if you. Like I remember, I'm, 40 mm-hmm. i remember those birthdays yeah some of them i remember like what we did what right. we got you're just like, prime well, kid material you know you're learning and you're aware and you're and you're having your you know she gets they get into these games and they have best friends and they have passions now and they have things they're really into and um big personalities and just big feelings and it's yeah it's all i had i just want for them the best possible childhood, the best possible experience, right? I think, you know, to do like what our parents did for us at that age, like the memories I have of that age are we just, we adventured. Like, yeah. whether it was an actual, well, everything I'm trying felt to be diplomatic, but <laughs> like whether it was a staged adventure or a real adventure, and some of them were staged, like in my my specific youth, they were staged adventures that then turned into yeah. real adventures because like something shit does that not was, work. Oh, like set up for you? Well, like you we're going to go have a camping thing. Oh, and it's yeah. Be, and then know, you float like away on an, an inner tube. It's an adventure. <laughs> and then the boat starts on fire. Like that part wasn't planned, but that's a thing that happens. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Know. Or like, you know, you're out riding with your dad and the thunderstorm comes over the hill and you're all, you know, you're riding home at full like, speed. And like I always say, though, in your memory as a kid at seven or eight, it's much more dramatic than it probably what really was. And in know, our like parents' memories, like I don't even think dad remembers that at all. Probably not. But if I'm thinking about it, if I'm with my daughter who's seven and her horse takes off or running for home, that's going to be a lasting memory for well, me. Well, at <laughs> like, that, what I'm talking about is when we all just set, had to run for home because it was going to start raining right, and but storming. And like those types of things. Yeah, when you have near wrecks. Yeah, when you have big wrecks with your kids or things or that it's like, like, oh my gosh, that was close. Wrecks. Like yeah. There's a lot of mem- my memories of my kids being little where I know how bad it almost was. Yeah. So it's a thing that is a non-issue for anybody else, but I'm like, yeah, that, that was been bad. super close to being really bad. I know. And it's just, oh, this parenthood thing is like torture and it's beauty and torture all in the same time. Well, I don't get, I think that's why. How do you live through it? If you think about it too much. I think that's why your dad laughs at us a bunch. (laughs) Why? Well, because he comes over and he's like, I know exactly what you're doing. (laughs) I'm like, okay. 
you know, not like what you're doing is in physically what do you mean? doing. But he'll come over and he says it all the time. He said it like two days ago. Like he relives his memories of you as a kid through oh. us having kids. Oh, yeah. Like I remember exactly the phase that you're at where everything oh. is just chaos and yeah. it's just running and gunning. And the, the thing you're trying to build a business and I'm trying to build a business, also trying to raise kids Ugh. and they're having their life and we're trying to still have our life. Yeah. And it's just crazy. crazy. Like everything is just chaos. I don't know how to not be this way because sometimes either. people i don't think until you get to be old and look back then you'd be like oh i guess that's how it was you know someone grabbed me at the thing i was speaking at which by the way i did another speak uh, i spoke to a room full of bankers estate planners <laughs> i didn't wear my <laughs> interested in working with you <laughs> like can you help me um financially plan my life but someone caught me and she was saying like oh you know you do do so much whatever whatever I'm like but i don't think I do any more than anyone else is doing in my situation. We all are like this. You all, every parent trying to raise their kids and have their life and make the money and make ends meet. Like it's just different levels or different categories or different I think it's just personalities. Different scenarios. Scenarios, that's what I mean. It, but I'm not saying I'm any busier or any more important or my, you know, any of that's not. It's just this is our path, your path next to me. Every mom in that drop-off line is also like, has had a flat tire on the way to school, has tried to her damnedest to get her kid out of bed to quit crying, to brush her teeth. Like there's little tiny battles that you fight with your kids. And I shouldn't say fight, but that you, if you're doing the gentle parenting thing, <laughs> that you try to move your kids through probably well, 50 every day. And then you still have your job to do, and you and still then, have you your... You know, you look back at your memories of you being a child, all of those same things happened. Yeah. Yeah. You were a really good kid. I like was a, a good really, kid. really, really good kid. <laughs> I look back at my parents, and <laughs> I basically just apologize every time I see them. <laughs> I was telling... Because I have really good kids. I was not a really good kid. I was telling Edie's teacher, because you went to her last teacher conference, and I was at... her. You went... I was at the last one. You were at the one before. And she just had good reports, and it was easy. And, like, I guess I didn't expect anything different. Like they basically just brag about them? Mm -hmm, There's, like, nothing to report here except for she's a joy to have, whatever. Which I'm so thankful for because I know that it's it can be super stressful for parents who aren't having that same experience. And for whatever reason, a kid is struggling. There's a million. So I'm compassionate towards that. But the point being you were that one of those kids. And so you had a different coming into that. <laughs> like you remember what the day of your parent teacher conferences looked like and you getting like in trouble. I looked like <laughs> it was the only And you were like, I'm sorry, mom, after you had a good parent teacher conference with your kid and then you're like, Oh, what would it be like if this was one of those conferences where they're like, So he gets in fights, so he's the a little only shit. thing worse than church. <laughs> was parent-teacher conferences. <laughs> it was like you were guaranteed to get in trouble <laughs> after those things happened. But what were you doing in school that made you... I'm not going to get into all that. <laughs> but you were, that changed when you got older. You just had a rough elementary yeah, school. Yeah, I eventually graduated. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> no, I was much, like, I was much better high school and yeah older, you kind of mellowed out and like it took responsibility for in your learned some temper. hard lessons in grade school 
Well, every kid, every kid does, even the good kids do, though, just about how to relate to each other and how to have relationships. And I mean, it's a whole smorgasbord of... And all, the, I'm, all yeah. I'm saying is being the dad to my parents or my yeah. kids is a lot easier than yes, being that's the dad what to me. You were trying to say to your mom and then like what you said to me when you came back is like, oh, gosh, that was so nice. My poor parents. <laughs> and they like show you their stuff and everything's. Yeah. You're, you're just like, <sighs> I know well, we're so lucky. We also have the type of kids who we are blessed. We're really lucky. Have that are excited about showing you their school yeah work they like, like school a lot and like oh this is so cool Rosie, i'm mad because i didn't do good enough at this yeah. thing Edie, i was never that kid. Edie wanted never. me to put her math test on her door like um a decoration she's very proud of that she loves math I love so that she's proud much i like i'm sweating just thinking about doing <laughs> math that she loves it I think it's so awesome. It's really fun to see how they're doing, but they are ready for summer, and so are we. And um, we should be having calves and calves and calves. It's like when you're talking about summer and how you're getting ready for it. Like in my mind, oh, it's a, like a panic too. It's a panic attack because yeah. in my mind, summer is already over, and I'm thinking about all the things I didn't get done. It really is on the because ranch. There's no possibility of doing all the things I want. No, there isn't. Our summers are short. Our our nice season is short. Our window of doing some of these projects is definitely short. So summer is definitely a panic, but I am in a way, but I am committed to doing these things that we need to be doing. But yet that's the thing I the will kids. say. So they, all of that's true, but also summers somehow are still great enough that that's what gets us through winter. Oh yeah. Well, like, I could fantasize about summer. Yeah. And then while even I'm the in work it, I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> but even doing the work is I mean, that's what you live for to be out here doing the work in yeah. the summer. Well, you just I mean, love that's it. what like, you, you live for. You fencing tell, you know, even the fencing, even the shitty jobs like you wait for it, you live for it. Like you, you know? wear gloves because you don't want to get a cut, not, not because, because, you're because your fingers are going to fall no. off if you don't. So give us where it's about time we got to go feed these kids, but give us an update on the big deck. How's it going? I'm about <laughs> 2,000 nails in. <laughs> okay. And roughly the same amount of screws. It's a big deck. It's a big it's deck. A big, big Did deck. you dangle off? Did you have near death experiences? How's your scaffolding? No, I find that I'm more careful. Okay. Scaffolding is working great. It creaked a little today <laughs> when I got out to the edge. So I definitely had a little slung an arm over something else. So in case it just falls, case. you're just monkey hanging there. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? Call the guy to bring you a trampoline? What are you going to do? It's only 12 feet. Like I, oh. I figured it out. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, I'm heating up some Costco's <laughs> meat. <laughs> so. Lucky me, lucky, lucky me. <laughs> it's probably burning. Um, thanks for building this big deck, fantasizing about supper. I just got home before you got home before me. I'm fantasizing about supper. <laughs> Fantasize about these tacos, whatever that it's meat. <laughs> <laughs> Beefy, I think. Whatever it is, it's meat. <laughs> well, you know what was so cute? We're talking about Costco because I was there last week because I'm 40 and I had to go to the 39 and a half and I had to go to the dermatologist to get 
what I thought was a mole removed, but it turns out it's just a growth, an old person growth. So I got to get that. My grandma used to get those. <laughs> so then I went to Costco. This is a big day. Drive all the way to Bismarck, three, three hours, get a mole burned off, or a growth burned off, donate my um, old clothes to donation that I've been carrying around and had in the garage for like six months, and then go to Costco. Anyway, sounds adventurous. We bought orange chicken, remember, for Edie, and she was there from there, and we tried it out because she loves orange chicken. We've been over this, but we the Costco orange Which is chicken, Mandarin chicken, Mandarin chicken. Okay, well, whatever. I, I know. I I'm just saying, like, but she. Not everyone knows what orange chicken. Okay, is. well, get it at Costco. It was so good, and she loved it so yeah, much. Yeah, it really is good. And she said, she. And this wasn't, she wasn't joking. She said, you need to call Costco and tell them thank you. And they did a really good job with this chicken. <laughs> She's so cute. So, I don't know if that's a thumbs up to Costco oh. or a thumbs down to us. Well, I tried to make it and it wasn't as good. So, and she, she gave me a thumb sideways, but thumbs up to Costco Mandarin chicken in the freezer section. It was really good. Cook it on the stove and some oil. Anyway, but now we are going to go try out. Mm -hmm. I did it in the oven. Oh, last night. Was it because it said preferred method? Oh, just oh, I put in a little oil because that's I feel like that's more authentic. Anyway, so get that, and we'll give you a review on whatever meat I'm cooking from Costco. So what else did you do? Like we never got this far because we got sidetracked as we do. Oh, what, what's your? You had a flat tire. That was your thing. I think that might have been my dumb thing. Well, that's not a dumb thing. That's like a not fair. I mean, yeah. It just happens thing. Well, I probably is dumb because I was thinking that my because I drove across the state and I'm like, this car is real shaky. But I think it's because I just have mud in my wheels because I got stuck, even though I had a car wash. So I should have taken care of that. Did you have a dumb thing? Sort of. And it's related. Okay. So I have a box that goes in my pickup. It's like a little tote yeah. thing. And it has like my tow ropes and chains and tie straps and tire irons mm -hmm. and a jack <laughs> and all of the stuff for that kind of thing. Well, I've been hauling a lot of shit for work, so I don't have that stuff yeah. in my pickup. So oh. you called. But you still had what you needed. Because I got it all. I had to go to one pickup to get one thing, go to the garage to get the other thing, go to the other place to get the other thing. But the rest of it like was Like I had in to scavenge hunt to find this shit to change a tire. Yeah. That's a dumb. Well. And then like my impact wrench was in my trailer at work, which is not helpful at all. But here's the thing. I feel like another dumb thing is I feel a little guilty that I called you in the first place because I could have handled that myself. But I really just knew it was going to be like well, a long process. Well, you can just because you can. I know, but I feel like kind to. of like I didn't pull on my pants, girl, get to work. I didn't live by the by the work girl mentality. I was like, is that your mentality? Girl? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know you got a song about it, but shut up. Yeah, because you can. Yeah, I prefer to have you do it. All I'm saying is that was my dumb moment is like not having also the, the same thing when your brother-in-law, our brother-in-law, yeah, had to pull us out of the snowbank last week. like <laughs> Pull me out. Tote, not in the pickup. So what are you going to do? Got to go get that tote, put it back. It's in the garage. It's just sitting there. Oh. 
just got to put it back in. I oh. need a toolbox is what I need. Yeah. We and got I'm kind of too cheap to buy a toolbox. So, so expensive. Well, also, here's the thing. But for dumb. It is an- dumb. annoying to have a flat tire, but even more annoying to try to figure out on a car, these newer cars, how to get the damn spare tire out from underneath. You have to get this little wrench. First, you have to figure out where it all is. Then it's like behind a secret panel. So get the secret panel out. And then you have to do a little, turn this secret knob to get this wrench out and then put the wrench together then stick it under the and find the hole but blindly find the hole and find the key but the key is hidden it's a whole thing yeah cars are definitely made for city people yeah whose cars don't have an inch of mud (laughs) like (laughs) well that little stick the key in the whole thing was like who would have ridiculous it's just stupid panel off to find the just put the spare tire under like put it in the trunk somewhere we can figure this out it does not have to take like well you know what you're getting now a roof rack and you're getting a spare tire on the roof (laughs) (laughs) then i need a ladder (laughs) but then i had my whole sound system back there and i just assumed that i had my spare tire would be underneath like the Pa- like the That's carpet. Too, but it's so not I took a, so all like, of my stupid sound system out on the side of the road. Everyone going to work, everyone going to school, took it all out. Your daughter. Edie said, I feel like, what did she say? I feel like you're making us look real dumb on the side of the road. <laughs> we're like, we're the dumb ones. I'm like, what? <laughs> what I don't do you know mean we're the dumb ones? That's not her first time. <laughs> She's just like, oh, I feel like we're really the dumb ones you're making. And it's my fault. I'm making us look dumb. Okay. Well, we did. So then I took my whole, like, my sound system, my mic stands, my um, guitar stand, my gear bag, everything out. And then I'm like, well, there's no tire. There's This is just storage. So then I had to go get the manual. And then it's all of it's on the side panel. I wouldn't have had to take any of that shit out. <laughs> Just, I need my um, Ford LTD back. <laughs> well, it's in the tree pile. We can go get it. <laughs> it still has your high school watermelon seed. <laughs> That's my fluffy steering wheel cover. Okay, well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Go do, you know, go notice the little things. Go do, if you do a dumb shit, just laugh at it. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah. Go That's get the good. orange chicken. Bye, love you, bye. Bye, love you, bye. Today it's raining. Not a winter rain, but a true spring rain. One that smells like dirt turning to mud. One that lingers to soak the ground. Not a lick of wind. It feels warm even though it's barely above freezing. Last Sunday, I took my daughters out to the hilltops to look for crocuses. I knew it was probably a bit too soon, but when the first calves of the season are born and the snow disappears from the high spots, it's time to check. And we did find some, though they were still sucked up tight into their buds, not quite ready to open up to the sun. But that was good enough for us. We've waited all this time. We could wait one more day. These are the rituals that come with the seasons, and they take patience. Our hike around the hilltops on that 60-degree day found us next in the barnyard to greet the horses. After winter months out to pasture and bribing them in for scratches with oats and sweet feed, it was time to put on their halters and brush off their thick coats and get reacquainted. 
In these moments, it seems like last fall was a lifetime ago, back when their coats were sleek and shiny and us humans were confident on top of them. It's been months since we last saddled up the girls' old geldings. That I'm counting. Seven months is a long time in the life of these little girls. Since then, both have turned another year older. They've stretched out inches. They've built new muscles and found the answers to new questions. They were ready to see what they could do with these horses now that they were all grown up. Seven months in an old sorrel horse years has made them better, more understanding, a little more gray around their muzzles and just fine with the task of trotting and turning around the still sort of muddy but dry enough arena. My husband and I stood shoulder to shoulder in that dirt watching our daughters get tested for stubbornness and will by their animals. I think we both held our breath, equally excited for the months ahead and lonesome for those springs that have passed, replacing our tiny, chubby, giggly daughters being led around the pony pens with these creatures, lanky and independent and capable enough to do it themselves. Oh, I know from experience there's nothing like being a young girl out here on the ranch in the spring. Nothing. The possibilities stretch out before you like that creek full of spring runoff, winding and glimmering and equal parts rushing and patient. Everything around you is waking up and you can go out in it because you are part of it, reaching your bare arms up to the sun, unfolding out of your winter bud like that crocus today. This spring my daughters will take to the trees behind the house without having their mother as their guide. They will find a favorite secret spot. They will wear down their own trails. They will take their baby dolls along and pretend they are mothers out in the wilderness. They will build forts and bring picnics and pick ticks off their jeans and drag mud into the house and the world outside these doors will turn green as their skin turns brown and their hair turns gold. They'll scrape their knees running too fast on the scoria road. They will slap at mosquitoes. They will fight about silly things that are their most important things and they will come in crying. And they will have each other and their horses and the hilltops and the budding wildflowers blooming along with them. That's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever wanted to give them. Thank you for listening to this week's Stories from the Ranch. If you want more content, you can follow me on Instagram at Veter or Facebook at Veter Ranch. If you want more information about my music, you want to download it or hear more, you can find that at jessevetermusic.com or anywhere where you listen to music. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.